You can have all the Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio podcast with our new app. Just search your app store, uh, Apple, Android, Kindle. We don't care what you use. Search the app store for Explorations Early Learning. Download the app. Give it a try. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. <sighs> oh, man, Heather, I'm exhausted. Uh, are you tired? <laughs> I'm, I'm tired, Heather. What are, what are we talking about today? Well, I think we're talking about when kids are tired uh, and the phrase that you hear, um, you know, I'm too tired to do something. And also when, when kids are acting tired and you know they're tired because you kept them up too late the night before <laughs> and you skipped their nap and they're behaving in a way that comes in the tired territory, we're so tempted to say, oh, you're just tired. Um, and so let's get into these topics because that phrase is so irritating if you're a kid. <laughs> um, to hear someone say, "Oh dear, you're so you're just tired." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you didn't put me to bed. It's all your fault. Is is what the kids should be screaming back at them. Well, um, they don't generally. Yeah, yeah, they they generally don't. They just bite their sister or something and move on with it. So, um, in those situations, what is the uh, renegade response? Yeah, I think it's a time when we need to bite our tongues. So let's say you know your kid is tired or you, you highly suspect that how they're uh, behaving right now or the tone of their voice is because they're just plum exhausted and they don't have any more resources to draw on. So they're either whining or hitting or, or whatever, complaining, and, mm-hmm. and it's driving you nuts because that stuff does drive people nuts. Um, and the first thing, when our adult brains click, over, they think, oh, right, okay, they're doing this, if we're in our best minds, they're doing this because they're tired, so um, we would say, oh, you're just tired, and to me, because I heard that phrase, you know, now and again when I was growing up, and to me, it, it immediately discounted the feeling that the child was trying to express, because normally, um, and I get into some of this in my whining chapter of it's okay to go up the slide. Mm-hmm. Normally, the child has a big feeling going on, and they're really trying to express it. It comes out to us as whining uh-huh. um, or tired behavior, but it doesn't mean that the feeling is not real. So that's the point I want to get across, is the child's feeling is real. And sometimes if we just say, we dismiss it by saying, oh, they're just tired. Or we might say to another neighbor or friend who's over and watching our kid melt down, we just to save ourselves, yeah. to show that, oh, we're still pretty good parents. Oh, he's just tired, you know. Yeah. And when we do that, of course, they hear that. Mm-hmm. And it makes you feel, if you're a kid, that they're not paying attention, they don't understand my real feelings, and my real feelings are really important to me right now, and I'm going to scream louder or throw things or whatever it takes to get my feelings heard and validated and understood because, boy, do I feel them strongly right now. And so in those situations, instead of discounting it all, our response should be, what, a deep breath and a bit tongue, and then Yeah, don't bite it so hard that you don't, yeah, you don't want to believe. Band-aid. <laughs> but I think that we need to practice that very rare um, habit, excellent habit, of 
keeping our mouths shut. It's very hard, especially if you're feeling harried and frustrated and so on. You just want to spew out what comes into your mind. Yeah. And it's good. it's good that we're thinking, oh, she's tired, because that's an acknowledgement that we know what her need is. Her need is sleep. Uh-huh. Um, or that we, that we discounted her need by skipping the nap, and we're realizing, ah, right, this is what happens. She's tired. But then we need to clamp our lips together and not say those words. Just acknowledge it in our own heads and not even tell the other adults that we look good because our feelings in this situation aren't as important. Um, And just try to meet their needs. So their needs, well, you can't instantly probably give them sleep. (laughs) But you could work your way towards that. Oh, if only you could. (laughs) Yeah, instantly give them sleep. Um, but let's say you're running errands, and you could decide, all right, I'm going to not do the next two things I was planning on. I'm going to hurry up the day to getting them home so we can meet their needs to, to rest and, and snuggle with their blanket and just uh-huh. go to an earlier bedtime and try to meet that need. Um, but you also want to meet their emotional needs. So that would be, um, yes, maybe taking a deep breath and, and, and trying to understand what it is they're trying to express in that whining or poor behavior. Gosh, you really want to tell me something right now. Something's really important to you. It's almost the opposite of dismissing and saying you're tired, going deeper and and getting down low at their level. It's it's almost tell me more. Tell me more. I'm really interested in what you want to say, and it's so hard for me to hear because you're crying. Can Mm -hmm. you tell me in your regular voice? Or That voice is so squeaky. Can you say it again? Or can you say it in your big voice instead of your squeaky voice? And and they might not be, it may take them five times to be able to get out what they're trying to tell you, but at least they're feeling that connection instead of being dismissed in that you're tired, so therefore it comes across as you're tired, so therefore the feelings you're having aren't real feelings. They are real feelings. They may be amplified a thousandfold because she's tired. We, but we, the feeling is still real. We had this experience recently with a grandbaby. She went on a, a speaking road trip with uh, with us, and uh, we were driving. The plan was we're going to drive uh, from our house to the St. Louis Zoo, which was partway, and then hang out at the zoo for a while and put in a couple more hours of driving. And we're probably an hour from the zoo and poor Rowan, she's, it's, it's like an eight hour drive to the zoo, um, is having a little bit of a meltdown. She, uh, she's, she's exhausted and she's been entertaining herself by, by markering herself. She's got one hand completely covered in red marker and then gets upset that the marker won't come off her hand with the cleanup implements she has available to her. And that upsets her a little bit more. And then she starts wiping that markered hand on her face. So her face starts turning red and then she gets a bloody nose because the air is kind of dry and she's kind of just prone to that once in a while. And so there was about 12 minutes that I I I probably my my tongue was probably bleeding as much as her nose. Uh just trying to trying to get through those rough moments and then she passed out. It wasn't instantly going to sleep, but it was it was oh you're miserable and you're you're doing so good on this drive, but you're exhausted and it was it's it's hard to be the adult in those situations and then we make it through to the other side mm-hmm. yeah it's not comfortable for anybody and it's you know we we try our best to build in um breaks and yeah things 
whether it's long car ride or something else that's really not that compatible with childhood and human life. Uh-huh. Um, but sometimes we all have to put up with something. And so, yeah, um, it's we try to meet the needs. And in that case, the lull of the car will eventually put them to sleep <laughs> when they need to sleep. I figured, but I, think we need, I, I figured either one of us was going to go to sleep. One of us is going to go to sleep and this will end. And, right. uh, and it was her. And then 20 yeah. minutes later, she woke up, and we were at the zoo, and it was a delightful afternoon. And and so I think the other the other thing we need to remember when when those situations pop up, and they're going to, is that there's another side. There's an other side to this. I'll get through this. And just having that in your head as the adult, whether you're a parent or or a caregiver in a in a family or center based program, just knowing there's an, a, another side to get to, kind of kind of makes it a little bit easier for you to to trudge through those tough moments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we need to be aware, we need to educate ourselves about how much sleep children need because and it's an immense amount and there's more and more research about this and, and it's not um, complicated, it's, it's really basic, but it means changes in our lifestyles and those are ones that we resist. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not convenient always to be home when it's nap time. It's not something we want to go out to some evening fun thing in the park or whatever it is, and and yet the child needs to be in bed. So it's it's not convenient, um, but it's it's necessary. And I think that we often, um, as a as a culture, and this happens in in most families, just underestimate the sleep needs. So I think we also need to watch out for things that that signs of a child who is chronically sleep sleep deprived and that includes falling asleep in moving vehicles so if your kid conks out in the car seat you should be thinking red flag this means my child's not getting enough sleep Uh because a child who is unless you're on a very long car trip you know a a day or or two-day car trip they shouldn't be falling asleep regularly unless it's an infant or something yeah, if, if you're if you're driving to the grocery store five minutes away, and and they're they're constantly passing out there, that might be a flag a signal for you. And also another thing that kids, young kids, tend to do when they're tired is speed up. So in the evening, you might see your child go into hyperdrive, and they're running around and dashing, and uh-huh. or or they're talking a mile a minute. We have one that moves and one that talks. <laughs> the later it gets, the more they the go. More they <laughs> and that is a, uh, it's, it's sort of a misleading signal uh-huh. because parents will think, oh, we need to get some energy out, you know, go outside. And uh-huh. Go run <laughs> that off. To, yeah, they're not tired. Look at them go. Uh, but many kids, that's a signal that they're actually overtired and their body has kicked in to sort of supercharge them. So don't be fooled by a burst of energy in the evening. I, I, when it comes to sleep, I think we gotta we got to touch on what goes on in a lot of early learning programs, too. Um, you know, a lot of programs have set rest time. It's something like you have lunch, you, you clean up from lunch, you have story time, then it's rest time. And everybody, um, you know, all the preschoolers uh, go down for rest at the same time. And this, this can be a problem because if you've got two or three kids in your class who are sleep deprived and not getting enough sleep at home and they are exhausted at 8.30 in the morning, uh, best practice in those early learning programs should be for finding a way for that tired kid to go to sleep. Um, it's, it's pretty much mandated in early learning settings that, that infants and toddlers are allowed to sleep on demand 
and best practice probably points to the idea that uh, we should be doing that for older kids as well because uh, they, they need that for for their well-being but also for your sanity as the adult in that classroom if if you're forcing that kid who's tired to stay awake uh when when they are exhausted you're you're asking for behavior problems and and stress in your own life and so um i really wish programs would be a little bit more mindful about uh kind of free-range napping which uh isn't supported probably as much as it should be right and and we can set up the environment somewhat that way too, either in the house or in, in a in a center, is creating little snuggly spots that are um, available at all times. Uh-huh. Not when you drag the the nap mats out, but just little corners that they can go into that are a little bit dark. We used to have a, a box at my preschool that had beads coming down, so it was a little sheltered. Uh-huh. It was you could still see, but you felt pretty dark and snug in there. And it's only child sized; adults can't fit in there. Um, and you could crawl in just if you need a break from the other kids, but you could also crawl in if your body's wanting um, a little bit of a rest. So once you've dealt with this overtired kid that you're not labeling as tired, uh-huh. and you've, you've heard their big emotions, then hopefully you can pretty soon move on to a restful activity. It, you, you might not be able to get them to sleep instantly, but maybe you pull out a book and say, okay, now we're going to... Um, read a story together and just feel their body relax against you mm-hmm. because they need, um, sometimes they need guidance to know that it, that their bodies need periods of rest. Um, and you can even do things like, oh gosh, this is peaceful, isn't it? Let's turn out the lights and make it even more, yeah. <laughs> more restful. <laughs> um, but teaching them, because they're feeling the signals in their body and teaching them um, how to be aware of those signals and what we do to help our bodies when we're feeling this way. Oh, I think that, say that again. <laughs> they're feeling these signals in their body. If they're tired, we know that their body's giving them little signals about that. And then we're teaching them ways to meet their body's needs and I, that bodies needs rest sometimes. I love that because they're... They even at the ages of three and four, five, six, they are still so brand new to this world that they're still trying to figure themselves out. And I think that's that's really important that that we kind of uh, help them along with uh, understanding some of those signals. That's that's I, right. I mean, it's signals. They get all kinds of signals: the signal that they're hungry or thirsty, or that they have to use the potty. I mean, we're trying to get them to to listen to their body's signal. And um, this is another episode, but also signals of when they're feeling uncomfortable and afraid, like these things that scare them or, uh-huh. you know, a mean stranger. So listen to these signals. Their body's giving them all kinds of good information. And if we are able to read that a little bit and, 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 and think, yes, they're tired, I'm not going to say that to their face, but I know they're tired, yeah. we, can, we can go into the mode of, hmm, I'm... When I feel tired, this is what I like to do. I, I think I'm going to do that now because I'm feeling a bit tired. And then see how they react. And, and so in a sense, we're helping them translate those signals into, into thoughts and, and responses? And action. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I dig that. Thank you, Heather. Are you feeling tired now, Jeff? I'm, I'm, right? I'm feeling, I, I'm not as tired as when we, as when we got going. I'm kind of uh, re-energized by, by talking to you, which tends to happen. Um, what, what else do we want to touch on to wrap this one up before I before <sighs> crawl, under my, crawl, under, crawl under my desk and take a nap? 
Yeah, I think I think just acknowledging also that a lot of this has to do with the peer pressure that other adults feel. And when your child is misbehaving in front of anybody else, um, uh, it's so tempting to excuse it in some way so that you look okay. Yeah. But I think if you're worried about that, which we all are to some degree, uh-huh. some of us feel it very keenly, especially if it's a certain person watching you, you know, your mother-in-law or whoever mm-hmm. it might be in your family. Um, I think that they will be even more impressed with your parenting if you are able to meet the child's needs and, and validate their feelings and stay calm and in control. So, you know, try that approach, and you may get people saying, wow, you handled that like a pro. You're, you're, you're a boss. You're a baby whisperer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I dig that. I dig that. And I, I don't think we've got time to get into it uh, this episode, but we'll have to do a, a whole other episode on bedtimes. Um, I don't think we've covered that, and I think there's a, there's a lot of connection here to that, but I think that's probably a, a whole episode um, worth of content. Yeah, naps. And yeah, and yeah. Okay. Well, as as we wrap as we wrap this one up, I wanna I wanna uh, challenge, uh, beg, ask, request that our listeners uh, uh, check out. Uh, okay, to it's okay to go up the slide on Amazon, especially. And uh, if you've read the book and you like the book, leave a review. Uh, it takes a few minutes and it helps with everything. It helps uh, helps uh, future renegades see the uh, the good work that Heather's putting out there, and it helps with book sales. And it's just an all around easy thing you can. And do to support support the show if you want company raising your kids this way the best way to get company is to spread the ideas and then you'll get other people doing it it doesn't feel so lonely yeah hey hey people help get the word out hey people what we're we're not we're not just producing a podcast here we're starting a movement baby and uh you got to become part of the movement one of the movement one of the ways you can move the movement down the road is to uh write those reviews and share the podcast and share the ideas and 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 talk about what we're talking about um yeah yeah you know the slide book has i think 10 or 11 reviews right now but the share book has a hundred so let's Get the slide book reviews up to a hundred. Hey, Put that as a goal for our podcast listeners. Hey, and if if you if you go there and you leave a review, uh, post on the uh, upstairs studio page that you did, and uh, and and we'll send you a thank you. Uh, I mean, I mean, I'm not going to send you like a bottle of wine, but I'm going to like type, hey, thank you. Uh, that's what I meant. Um, <laughs> Hey, hey, this has been another episode of Renegade Rules. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for sharing the ideas. Thanks for being a renegade. We'll be back soon with another episode. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Hey, you want to support all the Upstairs Studio podcasts? It's as simple as this. Use our Amazon link when you shop Amazon. We get a small percentage of what you spend. You don't pay any extra. You get your stuff from Amazon. Everybody wins. Where do you find the link? Well, it's on the Explorations Early Learning app. You can find it on the Explorations Early Learning website. If you don't find it in those places, just get a hold of Jeff on Facebook or via email, and he'll hand-deliver it to your inbox. Thanks for your support. Bye-bye.